0: Hello and welcome to Fixing the Optical Problem, where we are trying to not contribute to the optical problem. I'm Zach Kastner, ABOC, owner of Shorewood Opticians in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and your resident slop Joined as ever by Matthew Smith, otherwise known as That Glasses Guy and owner of That Glasses Guy Optique. And we've got a special guest today, Mr. Badass himself, who needs no introductions.
1: Oh, dear Lord. I have free reign and one last question. There's nothing left on the list. And that just doesn't seem right at all. Okay. Well, you just can't put me on the spot like that, apparently. Normally, I'm so much better at that. (laughs) We could talk about, you could ask him about
0: contoured prism. You could talk about yoking. There's all kinds of things that you could be talking
1: about. (laughs) Talk about progressives that aren't really progressives. Come on. Fine. Yes. No, that one actually, I, you know, I have fun with this one. So the progressive that is not a progressive, the, uh, the new style of making a lens supposedly is with the lateral banding to create the ad power. Uh, are you familiar with that, Scott? Which one I'm are we trying to keep it vague? <laughs> uh, the, the new uh, natural
2: accommodation lenses. Okay. So this this is Michael's patent. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was that. I was that quest when he was working on it a few years ago.
1: So, do you Thoughts? think that brings anything truly new and different to the table that we haven't seen before? Is I've worn the lens and I wasn't super impressed right off, but you know, you get to see these things in a lot more depth
2: than what I do just touching it one time with a low ad and yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to not go into that because um michael and i need to talk about it a little more um i think it is a new technology that is different than any other design technology out there um and i think it has a place and i think it um would sell very well for a lot of people um and there just needs to be i just need to talk to michael about some things on that but i do think it's a cool design
1: yeah and i can kind of agree with that it's for me it's more i guess it's almost an evolution of the surmount in the way it works it's just you know where you've got a lot more area to work with there's a lot of different ways to get through it but i there's i agree with you there's still some things there because it seems like it has more it's a broad appeal but it's more generic in application,
2: right? So, I think I made a comment in the last month or two that you can't take away something that opticians have always had. Does that make sense? And that absolutely was, makes sense. And that's my. I think you question. and I were
0: talking about that, Scott. <laughs> that I think was, that was, the, was
2: us talking about that. When you tell an optician that they don't need to take a measurement they blow a cork like they just you know syntax error does not compute <laughs> like, you know um and so many of them are bad at measuring anyway that i don't see what the problem is really but um there there's a little scott right there there's some scott
1: there it Finally. is oh. we waited 30 minutes for this
0: <laughs> it's been a little longer than 30 minutes
2: buddy yeah. <laughs> But, um, are we only supposed to go thirty minutes? Nobody gave me the memo. We're probably gonna oh. split it. Don't worry about it, yeah, oh, we're gonna split this into two, okay,, well, possibly, yeah. well they've got eight we'll more see. minutes so, oh. um, so, no but uh, yeah, I mean, ask me something else.
1: Uh, Zach, so you won't that's go into your it. Turn.
0: <laughs> You didn't even get anything out of them. I uh, no. I think we'll leave Contoured Prism for another day.
2: That might be a great that piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) So this is what Contoured Prism is. It's brand. It's a brand. It's a rebranding of a Signet Armor Light patent that's expired, and all they did was they took the near area of a progressive, and they moved it in or out to create Prism at near. And so they're talking about, oh, the prism slowly increases as you go down. Well, of course it does. You're moving the corridor over as you move the near area over. Um, It is very useful if you've got some BV chops. It's not, you know, I've had enough redos come off of the, the machine for it, that someone, a doctor with some basic BV chops who didn't Google their way through optometry school could save themselves, whatever that thing costs, 40, 50 grand and prescribe a lens that, you know, it'd be pretty easy to do. I think Seiko had the now expired patent that Hoya, um, um, Hoya bought Seiko. Um, and, um, that was where you could give a near PD mm-hmm. and, they would adjust it accordingly. Um, in theory, that's neutralizing the prism that someone would otherwise have if that near PD was not taken into account, right? So why wouldn't someone just figure out Prentice or the more fan there's, you know, there's more fancy things than, than Prentice now and order that Seiko lens accordingly.
1: Yeah, I mean I've done that on occasion with stock. I actually I was talking to Zachary about this a few weeks ago. I had a customer that was a friend of my assistant or whatever and she was prescribed one of these lenses and I got the the cost was out of the equation for her. It wasn't even a possibility. Mm-hmm. And we came down here and spent five minutes okay. Well, we spent a couple minutes with the trial frame and then we came down here and I threw some numbers on a piece of paper and cut some lenses and she goes, Oh my god, these are great. I was like, Cool, there's your cost and you know, it was significantly less than what she was going to pay. I'm not cheap to begin with, but it was still significantly a big savings over that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't see it. And she was single vision too. So it wasn't even the full progressive where you had the near PD. It was just throwing a little extra yoked in there to get
2: everything where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that in our industry, we're going to see more and more um, dog and pony shows, smoke and mirrors, marketing, Because the ophthalmic training now is basically optometry schools that give people six months of learning how to fit and adjust a pair of frames without really, you know, you don't know it in six months. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. And you have to go on to that, from that to being a doctor, you're not going to get enough practice doing it to really get. And so we have a lot of people that think that they understand it conceptually, but clearly they can't, they don't know it well enough to train a staff. So that tells you something right there because the quality of dispensers isn't that great now, but, um, you know, I just like the guys that call me and say, if this is what's going on, what's the problem? And I'll be like, here's your answer. Um, without the weird ego crap. Right. Yeah. But, but Hey, they paid a lot of money for school. They're still paying for school. And yeah. you know, that's kind of hard to, to get past. Um, and I
1: especially these companies have invested in the equipment to sell these lenses, right? Because they get sold on the idea of this can do so much more for you,
2: yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's BV, it's binocular vision light, is what it is. And you know, to be able to market a freeform stock lens, I mean, it's just it's uh, you know, don't get me going. (laughs) We were almost hoping we could get a real rant going. Well, I like what, I mean, at BA, I like what we're doing. Instead of artificial intelligence, we're using real intelligence and we're putting it into an AI algorithm, which is what, I'm sorry? Don't even get me started. This AI crap
0: is not actually AI. Artificial intelligence is totally different than the machine learning that they're using. Drives me insane.
2: I mean, the funny thing is basing an ad power based on age is what a rookie MD does, who had two, instead of six months experience, they had two weeks. And, you know, there are a lot of MDs that look at the, the age chart, and that's the ad you get. And I'm sorry, that's not, that's not real life. Um, And so putting that into an algorithm is, you know, okay, that's AI, but that's like, a fourth grader did his AI project for you know the class project <laughs> in fourth grade. We're not at college; we're at fourth grade, mm-hmm. and you know, meh, boring, stupid, lame, and
0: expensive.
2: Yeah, oh, way overpriced. <laughs> for, for we in the op pay, for what people pay for that, they could get a phone call to me.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> for a lot- a a second. He's going to offer phone calls straight in. Just talk to me. Here's your bill. (laughs) Yeah. Wait a second. Are we, is this coming out of your budget or my budget for this,
0: Matt?
2: Yeah. There you go. I don't know how many favors we had to call in to get this. Oh God. Well, you guys are doing well. You've both got your own stores. You're both on the younger side. You're excited. And I'm glad to be here. I hope that hearing, uh, the grouchy old man, grouchy about optics for a minute Um was fun. So I have a question for you guys. Who, How do you guys do your marketing? Who, who does your marketing for you, for your stores? How do you sell yourselves?
1: I sell myself on the street corner every single day, sir. I'm out there just working it, man.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Did you oh. say you working it or out there wanking it? Like, I was like, uh, I mean, it depends on the day. It depends oh, on the day. No. oh my God, <laughs> you had to ruin it with that, okay, so anyway, that didn't happen and <laughs> and so back to the question, um, so my next question is I guess our audience is mostly opticians. Do you get your original idea? This is kind of the latest thing I've noticed in the last hmm, since right before twenty twenty it started happening where people have stuff they're doing in their stores that they don't put on Facebook because they don't want their competitors to know about it. And it, in independent optical, there's a lot of interesting innovative things going on to reach out to new customers and marketing and whatnot that you know you don't read on Facebook where before it seemed like for years and years, people were just ravaged, ravaging other people on Facebook. How do you do this? How do you do that? You don't really see that anymore. But as a result, if you go out into the real world, you start seeing really great ideas on how to close the sale or how to get more people to come in the door. Um, And I don't know, do you guys experience that in your own stores without giving away your awesome secrets?
0: Most of mine is referral based. So I'm very, I don't do lots of direct to consumer marketing. I really talk with my referring providers in the area because I build that relationship and that trust and then they send people to me based on what they believe I can do. Right. You know, I I think I'm decent at fitting, right? I'm I'm just a slightly above average sloptician, but for the most part I have pretty good outcomes. So I have a teaching hospital that refers to me quite a bit and then a couple other practices around I me. I bet they have redo. The teaching hospital actually is pretty good, especially because I have a trial frame. Take oh, there you with, go. Do with that information what you will.
2: Trial frame is
0: rock. I it's my favorite tool. Much I like it way more than anything that measures pantoscopic tilt or wrap. There's a lot more that I can do with
2: that. That's right.
1: <laughs>
2: when all else fails, the old-fashioned way that always works always works. <laughs>
1: There's nothing to replace just putting it in front of the freaking eyes.
2: <laughs> yep. So, Matt, aren't you? You're on social media everywhere. <laughs> and, yes. And are you maximizing TikTok yet?
1: So TikTok, I have this very devilish relationship with. I'll post there at least a couple times a day. Sometimes I hate it and I get sick of it. and I won't post anything for weeks. And then I'll go back and post like 50 things a day. So I, I have a very, very love-hate relationship with TikTok because you can't really control, right? The views that are coming into it can be so all over the place and it can be traffic that's really more trouble than it is help mm-hmm. uh, on both ends. I mean, for both the people that are watching it and you know, from the
2: business aspect. So it's really tricky. Cool. So are you ever going to reach a point where you're so busy in your store that your social media re- outreach is going to like fall off? Like you're not going to have time for it.
1: You know, I don't think it'll get to that point. I try to, uh, it, well in my head, I don't think it'll get to that point because I enjoy the media side of it. I enjoy the creating and the lab side, and I enjoy actually being up there and working directly with customers and clients. So I I try to control it to a point where I always have that time and day to work on the social stuff. Because I get a lot out of this. I mean, I, I definitely feel like I get a increased skill set working through this because I'm in direct contact with the customers constantly, even if I'm not standing directly in the shop working with someone. So mm-hmm. I, I, I like it as a learning experience, if nothing else.
2: Have you ever featured your
1: customers on your social media? Most won't play that game with me, unfortunately. I'll get one every now and then, but for the walk. most part... I yeah. Like street <laughs> corner,
2: the street corner comments or... could be probably a good part of
0: it oh there you go i know
2: i like to have fun
0: (laughs) are you going to be doing some social media marketing for the lab then scott is that what we're getting at here
2: so no no i mean for the lab it's a little different because well i don't know i got to look at advertisers can they can they market to dispensers basically whereas obviously marketing to the public is a lot easier so You know, can you target just optometrists or just opticians or whatever? Um, The other just people with a remake rate below Uh, six percent. I should start (laughs) charging for that. Oh, would you like an account? Okay, fine. If your remake rate is above six percent, I'll fix it for you. But lab work is going to cost more until we get there. It's not the worst idea in the world. Yeah, I mean, a lot of quick way to learn. By supporting, so when you're supporting a lab that does 40,000 jobs a day, you are paying for all the, you're paying for the lowest common denominator cost of filling all that extra work and all that extra breakage, where if you have a low redo rate, I think you should be rewarded for it with a lower price. That's just something that I'm looking at doing in our lab where, you know, here's the free redo price. Here's the price that's much lower, but does you pay for your own redos? Um, It's sort of like paying for the warranty, stupid tax. Yeah, I mean when you go, it used to be like when you went to. Well, I think you still do. Like even on eBay, you know, whether you're doing it digitally or in a real store, they'd be like, "Oh, would you like the warranty for so much more?" And they're making money selling warranties. So that Mm -hmm. means there's some people that need the warranty because they've got a lot of redos, but there's some people that know their stuff and know how to avoid a redo. And it would be much cheaper to pay for the redo than to pay for the warranty price. And um, those are the people that I'd rather work with because they're less drama. They know, they know their stuff. Mm -hmm. And they know when they made a mistake. Yeah. And they know when they're like, say you buy a new edger and you're making a lot of new mistakes that person is going to know they're going to work on their mistakes and get better because it's in their, you know, in their best interest to get better when everybody. So when the lab pays for the redo, we've got skin in the game and we've got skin in the game also, cause we want to keep a customer. So when you have two people partnering with this model that acknowledges everybody's skin in the game, I think you have a much better outcome on your cost of goods all around than just oh well we get the free redo no questions asked we can be morons for the rest of our life and just do it wrong and i mean is the are you going to be taking better care of your customers because you don't care if you have a breakage i mean it's it doesn't make any sense it's it's a screwy backwards model um and it's designed to help people out to be lazy and just sell more glasses and you know what that that works for some people so i'm just expressing what i think is a more efficient better profitable model um i know a lot of very busy stores with redo rates north of 30 percent
0: oh God. my
2: goodness i mean i've known of several stores <laughs> rare north of 50 percent that's and, and it it's 50 percent, it's just not necessary there's something grossly wrong like Buy a new pupilometer. You know, I don't know what it is. There's something structurally wrong with that business. Um, but where what gets me is, you know, north of 10 is like, now you're just spinning your wheels. It doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? You, know, you go to work to do redos all day. What's the point?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and it's, you know, everybody's different. I used to have accounts that had no redos for a year, and then I'd have another account with a redo every week. And they thought a redo or two every week was normal for them. And it's like, well, for this other account, it's not normal. And you guys are, your stores are three miles apart. So don't tell me that it's, you know, your patient base or your practice is different. It's not. But, you know, people don't know. They they don't know. Don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Ooh, that's the name of the podcast. You don't know what you don't know.
0: Well, podcast is <laughs> a name but it. Maybe the episode.
2: There you go. So next time we'll do whatever Matt. I I forgot what I told you we could do, but Matt wrote it down. So we're gonna yes, read a technical
0: white paper, maybe even two of them.
2: Oh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll uh, we'll get you back on here maybe in the next month or two, and we'll see. Maybe a, a prepping for Expo, asking your um, asking your lens reps
2: the hard questions. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. That'd be fun. I mean, well, lens reps getting hard questions, like, they walk in with a script now. They have a script. So if you ask a hard question, they sometimes they are, you know, I, I admire honesty. Like, sorry, the answer to your question is not on my script. Oh, okay. No, know, cool. Thanks for not wasting my time. Mm-hmm. Honesty is always good. What is on your script? Oh, well, just tell me that. All right. Bye.
0: You know, we're not going to get in our reps just yet. We, for the most part, I have very, very great reps. And I'm, I'm very thankful for all of them, especially my frame reps. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hang them out to dry just
2: yet. Well, frame reps are different. They are different. I understand that. Yeah. Frames are different.
0: Matt, any closing thoughts?
1: No, I have so many thoughts for next time. I don't even care about closing right now, but we probably should. So <laughs> you know, let's go. we got an hour of content to, so far. Fixing everything I... he's got to fix.
2: <laughs> yes. What's editing to do.
0: <laughs> That's Matt's job. We're good. All right. Good. Well, thank you again, everyone, for joining us on fixing the optical problem. Big thank you to Scott for taking some time out of his day. I know how busy he is. Uh, and spending some time just chatting with us and, and seeing what's new in the optical world.
2: It was a lot of fun. We'll do it again. I hope so. Yeah, it'll be fun. Bye, Matt. <laughs> Matt, you got to cut Bye, it.
1: Bye, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: can take off the ending. All right, guys. Cheers.
1: <laughs>
0: See ya. Thanks, Scott. Bye.